Hello, and welcome to Trial by Podcast, a monthly recording by solicitors at McCabe's Lawyers. My name is Sophie Cooper. And my name is Annalise Williams. And we're solicitors at McCabe's. This is a special Christmas edition of Trial by Podcast, where we meet three little elves who tell us a cautionary personal liability tale. Chapter 1. Poles Apart. Our first tale takes us to the local supermarket, Poles, where Twinkle was buying some last-minute groceries. Upon entering the fresh produce section, Twinkle slipped on a clear liquid, causing him to fall with a loud thud onto the floor. Nearby, the Poles manager, Chutney Sparkleberry, rushed over to assist Twinkle up from the ground. After providing some preliminary first aid assistance to Twinkle, Chutney ushered Twinkle into his office to complete the Poles incident report. After documenting Twinkle's account of what had occurred, Chutney submitted the incident report to head office. Shortly after the fall, Twinkle attended his local GP and an x-ray showed that he had sustained a fractured wrist. Concerned about an impending claim being brought by Twinkle, Poles approached its lawyers, RDV and co, for advice in respect of this unfortunate incident. Based on its internal documents relating to the incident, Poles was particularly concerned about whether it had sufficient evidence to defend any possible claim brought by Twinkle. RDV's investigations revealed some deficiencies in Poles' internal documents, particularly in relation to its incident report, CCTV footage and cleaning and inspection procedures. RDV discovered that in completing the Poles incident report, Chutney had failed to provide an account of what he had observed at the time and shortly after the incident. The effect of this is that the only account documented was that of Twinkle, the individual potentially bringing the claim against Poles, rather than any other Poles staff. Further, the incident report failed to document the names and details of any other witnesses to the incident. There are a few things that Chutney could have done with regard to the incident report. Firstly, it is important that he, as the author of the incident report, take ownership of it. He needs to document what he himself saw, heard and observed, rather than merely relaying information given to him by Twinkle. Chutney also should have taken statements from team members or bystanders as soon as possible. Furthermore, Chutney could have taken photos of the incident location after the fall, which could be used to confirm or deny the presence of liquid on the floor. Given the absence of Chutney's first-hand account of the incident, RDV went to view Poles' CCTV footage. Unfortunately, Poles had failed to retain copies. This was problematic because neither Chutney's report nor the CCTV footage could confirm whether the liquid was present on the floor at the time of the incident, the origin of the liquid, or the duration of time that the liquid had remained present on the floor. In a court of appeal decision last year, the court preferred the evidence of CCTV footage over the plaintiff's uncorroborated evidence. As RDV could not find any documentary evidence confirming that Poles' system of cleaning and inspection had been complied with, the impact of missing CCTV footage could have a significant impact on Poles' ability to defend the claim. In advising Poles, RDV also looked at its cleaning and inspection policies and procedures. Poles required cleaning staff members to rotate through each section of the supermarket every 20 minutes. 
Although 20-minute rotations are typically regarded by the court to be a reasonable frequency of inspection in similar circumstances, RDV considered whether it would be open to the court to determine in these circumstances that the frequency of inspection was unreasonable. In a recent New South Wales Supreme Court decision, the court considered the reasonableness of a hotel's systems of cleaning and inspection in circumstances where there had been a lot of rain, increasing the risk of water being transported into the hotel and deposited on the floor. The court considered the standard system of cleaning and inspection, along with other factors such as the existence of mats at the entrance to the hotel and the presence of baskets for umbrellas. Ultimately, the court determined that more was required to minimise or remove the risk of harm in circumstances where it was raining and the risk of someone slipping and falling on water was higher. The court found that the hotel breached its duty of care by failing to increase routine floor inspections during peak periods and install rubber matting at the front entrance, especially in circumstances where there had been significant rain. RDV considered that in the present circumstances, a court may consider that Poles should have taken further precautions to reduce the risk of harm to its shoppers, given that it snows all year round in North Pole and it was the busiest time of the year. As such, the risk of snow being deposited on the floor and melting inside the supermarket was reasonably foreseeable and the risk of harm was not insignificant. Therefore, it could be open to the court to find that cleaning rotations of 20 minutes at a time are unreasonable and insufficient in protecting a person from harm. Possible reasonable steps Poles could have taken to minimise the risk of harm to Twinkle includes having mats at the entrance of the supermarket, increasing frequency of inspection and cleaning, and having signage throughout the supermarket indicating that the floor may be slippery when wet. Meanwhile, on the other side of town, Buddy was working in Santa's workshop, owned and occupied by Claws Limited. As it was the night before Christmas, Buddy was feeling a lot of pressure and was rushing around in order to make sure that all the presents were ready and loaded into Santa's sleigh. He received an urgent message, which needed to be delivered to Santa, who was on the other side of the workshop. The workshop had a designated trolley path on which trolley elves would push loads of gifts into the sleigh loading bay. Buddy, in his panic to deliver the message to Santa, rushed across the trolley path, not seeing the oncoming trolley, pushed by sixpence toffee buns. Buddy was struck on his left shoulder and fell to the ground. Shortly thereafter, he was conveyed to the hospital where CT scans confirmed that he'd sustained an injury to his rotator cuff and would likely require surgical treatment in the not-so-distant future. Buddy was very distressed about this, as he was going to be out of action during the busiest time of the year. Clause Limited approached RDV, inquiring as to whether Buddy's actions could lead to a funding of contributory negligence. There is an avenue for Clause Limited to argue that Buddy failed to take proper care for his own safety, failed to keep a reasonable lookout, and failed to perform his work in a safe and proper manner. If Clause Limited was found to be liable in respect of the incident, entitling Buddy to damages. RDV was of the opinion that Buddy could be found to have been contributorily negligent and the damages awarded could be reduced accordingly. Although the New South Wales Civil Liability Act 
allows the court to reduce the plaintiff's damages by up to 100% where there is a finding of contributory negligence. The court will consider the degree to which the plaintiff has departed from the standard of a reasonable person in apportioning damages. There is fertile ground to establish contributory negligence on the part of Buddy. There was a designated trolley path, which Buddy was aware of, and he chose to walk across this path without having regard to his surroundings. RDV considered that there is scope for Clause Limited to argue contributory negligence. Chapter 3. Holy Christmas! Can you believe she did that? Clause Limited also approached RDV for some advice in respect of the company's upcoming Christmas party. Management were feeling apprehensive about the impending festivities after last year's event. Last year, the Clause Limited Christmas party was held at the Brandy Snap Inn. One of the company's employees, Holly, enjoyed copious amounts of eggnog on the company's bill. Following the conclusion of the official part of the festivities, Holly and some of her co-workers continued to celebrate at the Brandy Snap Inn. Two hours later, Holly left the inn and tried to hail a taxi outside the establishment. Due to her increased level of intoxication, Holly stumbled onto the road and was struck by an oncoming car. Claws Limited has been involved in ongoing litigation brought by Holly and is nervous about a repeat event at this year's Christmas party. Clause Limited has asked RDV to provide them with some tips in order to ensure the safety of their employees and protect the company from any future claims following this Christmas period. RDV have three main pieces of advice. Well, first and foremost, it's really important to ensure that the company's workplace policies and procedures are up to date and outline the company's expectations of employees at work events. Make sure these policies are provided to employees before the event. Number two, ensure that the Christmas party has a specific start and finish time and stipulate that any celebrations outside of this time are not sanctioned by the company. This means that should something eventuate at the after party, it is more difficult to attribute liability back to the company. Three, arrange transport for the employees to get home from the event. Whether it be by a company shuttle or cab charge, it is an easy way to ensure that employees travel home safely. Well, there you have it. Liability and Christmas are strange bedfellows, but hopefully you can learn from our elves. That's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Trial by Podcast, a show hosted by McCabe's Lawyers, examining the weird and wonderful world of the law and some of the more fascinating issues that affect our lives and those around us. If you haven't already done so, I recommend you listen to our previous episodes, which are available for download. Please review us on iTunes via the podcast app on your phone or whatever platform on which you subscribe to podcasts as it will help other law students and lawyers find and enjoy the show. Thanks again for listening and have a happy and safe holidays. We'll be back again in January 2018.